Alright y'all, so it's been a while since I've done, done one of these. It's been a very busy time for me recently, but without further ado, I'm back at it and we are doing the first edition of Raw and Uncut NBA Draft Edition. Now, if you know me, you know that NBA Draft is one of my favorite times of the year. You get to look at prospects, you get to look at all their good qualities, all their bad qualities. You like to talk about where they possibly going to go, where you hope they will go. You talk about possible trades that you hope to happen. And so today, I'm going to talk about my favorite prospects in this draft, the guys who I think are overhyped, and then I'm going to talk about some trades that I think some teams should do, and then I'm going to talk about the first five picks of what I think each team should do. So let's start this off by talking about uh, my five or three favorite prospects in this draft, in this NBA 2016 draft. And my first one isn't Ben Simmons. It's actually Chris Dunn from Providence. I... Um, didn't watch too much of him when he played last year. I got to watch a couple of games, and every single time, he amazed me. And when I, I'm being a Carolina fan, I got to watch him up close and personal when Carolina played played Providence in the NCAA tournament, and he wowed me. I mean, he can do literally everything with the ball. He can shoot it. He can pass it. He can drive. He's got the height. He's a great defender. Now, the only knocks on him is he turns it over a fair amount but I think the turnovers was because he played for Providence a team that's not that good he has a lot of pressure on him to do everything so he ends up turning it over more and he doesn't have a consistent jump shot but besides that he literally did everything for that team and he comes in as my number one prospect in this draft um, he wouldn't be the first player I would take if I was a 76ers but as far as upside and potential I think at the minimum, he'll be a better jump shooting Rondo. I mean, I don't know if he'll be an all-star and all that other stuff and win the championships like Rondo, but he would be just as good as Rondo. And I think at his maximum, he'll be Chris Paul. I mean, he has the handles for it. He has the, the quickness. The He's a little bit taller than Chris Paul. Just a good defender. And he literally, I believe, has the attributes to be able to carry a team and to make them whoever drafts and be happy with what they chose in Chris Dunn. My second favorite prospect in this draft is Ben Simmons. Now, I only like Chris Dunn a little bit more than Ben Simmons, and I just believe that's because Chris Dunn, I believe, truly can be the best player on a team and get them to the playoffs eventually, where Ben Simmons, I don't know. Ben Simmons has the potential, the athleticism, the passing, the getting to the rim, all that to be LeBron James. I don't think he's going to be LeBron James, but he has those attributes. But at the same time, he played for LSU and couldn't get them to the tournament. And that, and I don't know if that's more the system he was in or if that was just because the players he was around or if he doesn't have that, you know, go get a mentality that a lot of big name players who have his talent have. Now, first off, Ben Simmons, I believe, will be a stud. I think he'll be an eventual all-star. I think he'll be one of the very better prospects in this draft as far as, like, power forwards. I think he'll eventually look back and will say he was a great player, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I am not convinced that there's two things holding him back that I think keep him from being my number one prospect. One, a jump shot. He never takes a jump shot when I watched him play. And I watched LSU more than I've watched him ever. He never took a jump shot. And for him to be able to attack people and make an impact, he's going to have to at least make people honorable, 
honor his jump shot. And secondly, it seemed like at times he would just disappear from games. It was like, it was almost like either he was disinterested or he was just too passive aggressive, whatever. But it just seemed like at times when his team needed him the most, he wasn't there. But I still think he's a great prospect. He's my second favorite. He's on um, most people will be the favorite prospect. I think he goes number one. I would take him number one. But it's no knock on him. I just think Chris Dunn's just that special. And I think he just has a little bit more he needs to work on. And finally, my third favorite prospect in this draft actually is um, Jalen Brown from Cal. Now, he has a lot he needs to work on as well. But his intensity that he plays with, his ferocity on defense, and the way he attacks the rim reminds me of a young Dwayne Wade. Now, I don't think he'll be as good as Dwayne Wade, but he has that attribute to him. Now, he needs to work on his jump shot because God knows I watched some of his games and his jump shot was broke beyond belief. But that's something you can work on. Trust me, if you work on your jump shot enough, you can develop a jump shot and you can become a better shooter and you can get your way into being a a consistent mid-range jump shooter. I love his athleticism. I love his defense paralysis. And I love the way that he is always on the go and he's always willing to take on the competition. And from a young guy, that's what you need. You don't know what you're going to get from them shot-wise, defensively-wise, or even rebound-wise, or any of those other things. But if you can know for a fact that he's going to bring it every single night and challenge the person he's going against, as a coach, you're happy to have that, and you will be happy to draft Jalen Brown, and I think he'll be a very good prospect in this draft. Now, my three guys who I think are overhyped, and this is going to knock some, uh, make some people turn their heads and whatnot, first guy on my list is Brandon Ingram. Now, stop the roll, everybody calm down. I don't think that he's going to be a bust. I'm not saying that. But I don't think he's worthy of the number two pick or number one pick, possibly. Brandon Ingram has the hype because he went to Duke. He was six foot ten. He can handle the ball. He can knock down a three-pointer shot. And he was their best prospect on that team. But truthfully, Brandon Ingram wasn't even the best player on Duke. It was Grayson Allen. I'm not even a Grayson Allen fan, but he was the guy who was their best player. And Brandon Ingram was their second best player. The things that worry me about Ingram are three things. One, he's not quick. Everybody compares him to Kevin Durant because of the height. But if you watch Kevin Durant move, Kevin Durant moves like a guard and is quick. When you look at Ingram, he looks like he's just taller than everybody. And that allows him to get to that position. And you can get away with that in college. And even in the pros, he'll be able to get away with it against some people. But to be the number two pick, number one pick, the go-getter, the number one option possibly on your team you have to be able to get to that spot almost every single time and I just don't know if he has that ability in him second off he played for Duke and they were shorthanded this year so he played a lot of power forward there's no way in hell he'll be able to play power forward in the NBA and he's gonna have to go against small forwards so being in college he's going against power forwards who won't make the NBA and if they are they're going to be a power forward not a small forward which Brandon Ingram is going to play so he has an advantage on the offensive end and that will make him look better make it seem like he can get by guys better guys who aren't used to guarding on the perimeter so he can make moves that they're not used to doing and he can get easier buckets so I think that helps him out a lot and third and finally his weight 
He weighs 195 pounds at six foot ten, and yes, he will put on some muscle. He will get stronger because he's only 18 or 19 years old. But there's only so much weight he's going to be able to put on. And for every single one of them who, every single person thinks Kevin Durant is his ceiling, I think his ceiling is Tayshawn Prince. Nothing wrong with that. A nice third or second option on a team, good defender. As long as as long as uh, Brandon Ingram can come in, know his role, do that part, I think it will be good for the team, and I think he can help a team out. But I don't think for a second that he could be the number one go-to guy on a team every single night and be that team's best player. And if he's a team's best player, I think that team will be in for a struggle. My second guy who I think is overhyped a little bit, Jamal Murray. Every time I watch Jamal Murray... I never was impressed. Don't get me wrong. He can score it. He can shoot it. But what position is he? He's a little undersized. I think he's six foot, anywhere from six foot four to six foot two. So he's either a really under, or he's either an undersized two or a tall one. But to be a tall one, that means he has to be be able to distribute the ball. And I never once saw him set up his players. I saw him set himself up and get buckets, but I never once saw him set anybody else up. I look at him and think of Jamal Crawford, someone who's about buckets, can be in the league because he can get buckets and knock down shots, but not someone that deserves to be a top five to ten pick and someone who your team's going to depend on down the road when you hope he develops to be your number one player or number two player. I don't think he'll ever be that, and that's why I think that he's overrated, and that's why... I just don't see the hype. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Calipari puts out pros, and most of them end up being pretty good. But at the same time, when I watched him, I just did not feel that he was just that guy who was going to make a drastic impact on the NBA team to where you can be like, yep, you know what? He's a top five or ten pick. He will be a big-time player. Now, I could be wrong, but I just don't see it in him. Now, my third and final player who I think is a little overrated is Marquise Chris. Now, I'll be the first to say it. I have not seen much on him, and for what I have seen on him, it's very impressive. But I always worry about these guys who are way late draft picks when they first come out. They're late first, maybe lottery, and then all of a sudden... They go do some tests. They jump really high. They touch. They touch. They have a long wingspan. They're taller without shoes than people anticipated. And then all of a sudden, they skyrocket up. From what I've seen from Marquise Chris, he has game. He can hit a mid-range shot. He can jump really high. He can rebound pretty well. But I didn't see anything that wowed me and knocked me off my feet and made me feel like he should be a top 10 pick. And from what I hear is he could go anywhere from... 3 to 10 and possibly even higher if he keeps climbing and doing good workouts could be a top uh, 2 pick possibly even to the Lakers I'll have to see more of him but just from him jumping up so much just because of his height and athleticism and his ability to knock down a mid-range shots worries me now out of the 3 I worry about him the least in the sense of I don't think he'll need the ball as much as those other 2 will to make an impact I think he can make an impact defensively blocking shots rebounding you know, pick and roll, catching and knock down a mid-range shot where Ingram and where uh, Ingram and Murray will have to have the ball, will have to demand the ball to make a move, to make a play. I don't think those other two guys can be as effective without the ball in their hand. All right, so now we're going to talk about 
the top five picks and what I would do. First pick, the 76ers. They take Ben Simmons. It's an easy pick. It's a simple pick. It's a smart pick. If you want to miss with somebody, you miss with that. If he turns out to just be Lamar Odom, you know, a good player but nothing spe- nothing amazing, that's what you do. Ben Simmons has the ability to possibly change your team. And I don't know if he can be a number one guy, but I think he can be a damn good number two guy. Kind of like a Scottie Pippen. He has the ability to where you think he could be a number one guy, but there's just a little something missing that never makes him the number one guy. And he will just be a damn good number two guy. And there's nothing wrong with being a damn good number two guy. Um, Second pick, my team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Do they take Brandon Ingram? My personal opinion, I don't take Brandon Ingram. I take Dragon Bender, and I know what a lot of y'all are saying. I'm crazy as hell. There's no way in hell you take Dragon Bender and you don't take Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, we've seen more. We have, you know, the height comparison of Durant, all those other attributes that have that he has and has him being a top prospect. But I'm gonna tell y'all why you take Bender. Bender is a tall seven. He's a seven footer. They compare him to a better Porzingis. When I watch him play, he looks more fluid than Porzingis. He has just as good a shot as Porzingis, and he blocks just as many shots as Porzingis. And this is why the Lakers need him and not Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram's going to need the ball to be a very good player in this league. Unless he takes on a role of a Tayshaun Prince where he's going to guard the best guards, he's just going to knock down open shots and catch the ball on breaks and finish. If that's his role, then Brandon Ingram can be in this league for a long time and possibly be on a championship team and be a key contributor. But what I think Brandon Ingram's going to try to do, he's going to want to be Kevin Durant, that type of role where he, I just don't think he's that ability. And even if he does become a guy who can score the ball in multiple ways like Durant, Think of this now with the Lakers. You have D'Angelo Russell. He demands the ball because he's a good passer. He makes good moves and he can score. If they sign Jordan Clarkson back, he's a good score. Averages about 15 points a game. He's going to need the ball and he makes plays. You have Julius Randle, who is a power, undersized power forward, who is pushing the ball, get a rebound, push it, make moves, make plays. So now you have three young guys who all have the ball in their hands. Now, every single one of them doesn't demand the ball, but they like to have the ball. If you add Brandon Ingram to that mix, now you have four guys fighting for the ball, four young guys fighting for the ball, and that's a hard process to take. Now, personally, I would actually trade the pick for if I'm the Lakers and try to get a superstar, but I'm doing this as saying that they're going to keep it, the pick. And you go Bender because he's a seven-footer. He blocks a lot of shots. And one of his... U18 whatever tournaments over there he averaged five assists a game so clearly he makes a lot of passes passes the ball well and can move the rock which is what is basketball becoming in 2016 he can knock down a three-pointer so when you go pick and roll with him and D'Angelo Russell or him and you know Jordan Clarkson or hell even him and Julius Randle he can step out and knock down a three ball and that's what basketball is becoming everyone is very skilled everyone can spread the floor and everyone can do something that is guard-like. Everyone can knock down a shot. Everybody can put it on the floor. Everybody can do those things that guards do, and that's what Bender can bring to the floor, and that's why I believe that he will be a better pick for the Lakers than Brandon Ingram. The Celtics at the three, they take Brandon Ingram. They get their you know young player who they think is a stud, and actually, and later, 
I'm going to talk about what I think they should do and trade the pick. But if they were to keep it and let's say Ingram's there, you take Ingram. You have a great small forward who can play, who's going to be under um, a great coach who can teach him a lot, teach him the way of the game, and hopefully can get the most out of Brandon Ingram. And hell, maybe he becomes Kevin Durant and I'm wrong. And he's just a dominant player in this league for many years to come. Four for the Suns. And this is a little bit probably of a reach for them. But if I'm the Suns, I'm taking Jacob Podol from Utah. I love this kid when I watched him play two years ago against Duke. I think he reminds me of Andrew Bogut back when he played for the Bucks, and not Andrew Bogut for the Warriors. And many people don't remember how good Andrew Bogut was with the Bucks. I think he'll be, you know, a 15 to 15 to 17 points a night kind of guy at his at his peak. I think he'll get you about 10 boards plays pretty good defense and the Suns don't need guards Suns need bigs because they already go Bledsoe they have Brandon Knight and then they just drafted Devin Booker so that's three guards you have right there you don't need another guard you need a big and finally with the fifth pick if I'm the Timberwolves I'm taking Chris Dunn think of this lineup Chris Dunn Zach Levine Andrew Wiggins Gorgie Jang and Carl Anthony Towns all those guys are, I believe, are under 20. Every single one of those guys is under 27. And they could be a team three, two or three years down the road, be by far the best team in the NBA. And it's because they can shoot it. They're athletic as hell. They have very good defenders. And they have depth. And they're going to have a great coach in Tibbs. Even though I'm a little bit critical on Tibbs because I know he plays his players way too much. He'll get the most out of them defensively. And hope, and they're already talented enough offensively that they don't need Tibbs to help them with that. They need help on the defensive end. All right, so I just did my top five draft picks if I was doing it. Now, I'm going to tell you the trades that I would do in this draft right now that I believe can help turn around some of these programs. And it makes sense for every single team. I'm going to do two possibly three draft or trades i think predominantly two i'm gonna do first trade my la lakers you don't draft any of these prospects unless it's ben simmons philly takes ben simmons i'm calling the clippers and i'm saying we'll give you the number two pick in julius randall for blake griffin and why would the clippers say no i mean they might say no because yes i believe Blake Griffin at his best as a top five player. But you get Julius Randle, who's a double-double guy, young, and can be taught how to be even better by Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, all those guys who've been in this league for a while, and they'll have a great coach in Doc Rivers. And the Clippers' biggest kryptonite is that they've never had a good small forward. Never. They have the Last year, they had Jeff Green, Luke Abuamute, and that's about it. If you do that, now you get to draft Brandon Ingram. Now your team is Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, and DeAndre Jordan. They didn't need Blake Griffin to get to the playoffs last year. And if they do this, not only do they get better, I believe, as far as talent-wise, even though they lose Blake Griffin, they also become younger and they can get ready to transition into a period where Chris Paul is going to get older and lose a step or retire or leave one of the two. And for the Lakers, you get the superstar you need. You get Blake Griffin. You get a top five player in the league when healthy. You get 
basically Showtime back, someone who can bring excitement to the team again and basically can get the torch passed down to him and make from Kobe Bryant. And now you have a team that's, you know, one or two players away from making an immediate impact because your lineup would be D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson. Don't know. You could try to sign a small forward, you know, Nicholas Batum, maybe DeMar DeRozan, someone like that if they want to come there. Blake Griffin, and then you got to find a center. You can offer Hassan Whiteside, offer Al Horford, hell, even offer Bismack Biombo as a patch-up job until you find a better center. Okay. And finally, my second trade that I think that would work for every single team and help every single team, and it would be a monster trade. The Cleveland Cavaliers, unless they win this championship, are more than likely going to blow up the team, I believe. The Celtics are looking for a great player. The Knicks are looking to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. So how can you combine all three and make every single team happy? This is how you do it. You give, you trade, if you're the Knicks, Carmelo Anthony to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks are not a player away from making of being competitive. Maybe they draft someone good or they sign someone, and next thing you know, they can make the playoffs. But you don't want to make the playoffs. You want to have young talent. You want to be able to compete for many years to come. And Carmelo's getting a little bit older. Trade him to the Cavs. He gets to play with his boy LeBron. LeBron's happy. They get rid of Kevin Love and um, all that noise. So then you send so you send Melo to the Cavs. Then the Celtics trade Amir Johnson or Jared Sellinger, one of these guys with a high salary, and the third draft pick to the Knicks. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers send Kevin Love to the Celtics. So you have a three-way trade. So now the Celtics get their superstar, their very good player that they've been looking for, and they can start to build around their team with a Kevin Love. The Cavs get Carmelo, a score, a guy who's not going to fade away like Kevin Love has these finals, and they get the player that they've wanted, and LeBron's happy he gets to play with his homeboy Carmelo. The Knicks get a high draft pick where they can take someone like a Chris Dunn. They can take someone like a, a Dragon Bender if they decide to go big. They can take someone like a Jalen Brown. They get the option to build their team up, and they can get the option of basically hitting a restart, and they can get the excitement again in New York because if one of these um, rookies or dra hopeful draftees come to New York and are an exciting player, even if they're not good, it will give them something to look forward to because Porzingis will be better. This young guy will be better, and it will just make being in New York fun again, and it will have all the New York Knickerbockers have something to look forward to. And that's all for uh, the first ever Ron and Cut NBA Draft Edition. If you like it, if you like it, please tell your friends, your parents, everybody about it. Um, hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Kstatum to you. And as we end off, I'd just like to say thank you for listening, and I hope y'all listen next week. Peace.